Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you for showing up here today. Not just in this building, but in our lives. And Lord, in every home that's tuning in, and our prisons that are tuning in. And I, I pray that you would speak clearly and powerfully and plainly, God, Lord, to your children, called by your name, created in your image. And I thank you, Lord, that you've got a word for their heart today. Somebody's coming in here and you're tired and exhausted. You almost fell asleep during worship, and it wasn't because worship. It was because you are literally empty. And God is saying, I want you to be filled today. Come to me, who all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Lay your cares before him. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let him have that great exchange. If you're empty, just say, Lord, fill me today. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Fill me. Fill my mind. Fill my heart. Fill my spirit. Fill my soul. God, fill me today. I pray that somebody who came in empty is going to leave full today. Somebody who came in empty is going to leave smiling today. Somebody who came in frustrated is going to leave full of faith today. I believe that God's going to do a holy exchange here during this worship time and prayer time and this wonderful time of the word. And I pray that, Lord, you just, somebody would just open up. In fact, put your hands out right in front of you. Just put your hands out in front of you like you're going to hand something to God. And I just want you to imagine what it is in your own mind, in your own heart, and say, Lord, maybe I need to let go of, of this job I've been stressing about. Maybe I need to let go of this burden I've been carrying. God, I let it go. And I want you to pray with me right now. And as you're praying, I want you to just imagine God's taking it out of your hand, and he's putting it into his hand, and now he's going to give you what you need rather than what you want. And I thank you, Lord, that you're removing the care, the burden, the stress, the worry, the frustration, that God, the hatred, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, God, you're, you're removing, God, Lord, all of that weighty stuff, and you're going to bring new favor, new blessing, new grace, new mercy, new peace, new joy, and I thank you. This holy exchange is taking place right now. I want to read this scripture to you, and then we'll be seated. The book of Numbers is not a typical book that you read on Mother's Day, but Numbers chapter 9, verse 15 through 23 is what I'm going to read today what the Lord told me to speak to you today and it says this now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up the cloud covered the tabernacle and the tent of testimony from the evening until the morning and it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire so it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle above the tabernacle after the, the children of Israel would journey and in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command, listen to all this command word that you're going to hear. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they would remain in camp. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days. According to the command of the Lord, they would remain in camp. And according to the command of the Lord, uh, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained when it remained only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. 
Whether it was two days, a month, a year, the cloud remained above the tabernacle. The children of Israel would remain in camp and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey at the command of the Lord. Everybody say command. They remained in camp, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord and by the hand of Moses. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've got a command and you've got a hand in our life. And I pray that we would hear the word in our life, and Lord, we'd have a touch in our life. I pray, Lord, that we'd have that word that says everything's going to change. I pray we'd have a commanding word of God that shifts the atmosphere, a commanding word of God that causes things to move. I pray that a commanding word causes demons to flee, and it causes healing to come. It causes, Lord, salvation to come at the command, at the word of God, Lord, all of nature responds at the command of God where so much can take place and I thank you that there's a commanding word and a touch from God today and I thank you God Lord that for every word there's a touch and for every touch there's a word and I thank you God that somebody's heart is touched today but there's a word for their heart and some people have a word but they need a touch from God today and Holy Spirit I pray that you'd anoint me to preach your word and flow with your Holy Spirit to begin unpacking what you have revealed to me in the spirit and flow with you. And Lord, I pray that I present it just as it was downloaded to me. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. Get out your Bibles and your notebooks. Numbers chapter 9. Pretty easy to find. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Yep, yep. There we go. There's your Bible lesson today. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are so blessed. Because you're sitting next to me. Go ahead. Finish it. Oh, man. Oh, what a wonderful day. Happy Mother's Day. My, my uh, Mother's Day invokes a lot of things and a lot of good feelings, bad feelings, right? It's not everything that you have to understand is that every mother is not perfect and every mother and father is not all good and not all evil. And, and while you may have had a bad childhood, you don't it's it's you still had a childhood. You're alive today. And so it, it could be back and forth. But you, you want to see it through a healthy perspective, because through a healthy perspective, instead of, of a revised history, you can understand where you can If you don't know where you are and where you came from, it's hard to understand where you're going. But if you cannot revise your history and understand that I've got some things that I've gone through, good and bad, because sometimes the enemy, all he wants you to do is think of all the negative. Everybody say amen right there. <laughs> I know this is second service. Y'all had enough coffee today? We, we, had, we, we have this, like, it's not all good and it's not all bad, but the enemy definitely wants you to think. There are moments, not all the time, but there are moments he's like, just focus on the negative. And it's just like, isn't it crazy? Like, you could be thinking about someone you love in your life, but all you can think about is the stuff they've done wrong. And, and somebody could ask you a question and they could say, what do you think of your father? Or what do you think of your mother? And the first things come into your mind, it could be a, a list of how many things that they did crazy when you were growing up, right? How about, how about this? Let's go to the other side and laugh a little bit. How, what about the embarrassing? Your, has anybody had their mother or their father embarrass you? Go ahead and raise your hand if you're honest in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've had, I've had, my, I've had some embarrassing moments. You know, but I almost think that that's kind of like it's a, parent, a parental norm, you know, especially for parents who like to push buttons. I'm going to find some people out there. Parents who like to, I, I wondered where I got my button pushing from. I got it from my mama. Say he got it from his mama. 
And it wasn't just his good looks. It was, I got a, I got a, I got a button pushing problem. My mom, she, I think she liked embarrassing me because it was just somewhere in her, it was just part of it. I was coaching, I was probably 20, gosh, 25. 25 years old, and I was an athletic director, and I was a coach, and when I was a coach, I coached football, basketball, baseball, but I was coaching football at the time, and I went out to the field. I got these guys out there, these high school, high school boys. We're out there, and we're on the island in Lake Havasu, and I'm running drills. We're doing all this stuff, and there's a little track that goes around the island, around the football field, too. And my mom likes to work out. So we're working out all these boys, and then my mother... I'm working out, listen, did I tell you that they were high school boys? Yeah, okay, so I'm working out about high school boys, and my mother is beautiful, and she's amazing, and mama, if you happen to be tuning in right now, I love you, got nothing but great memories, but I know you're a button pusher, so we have, she just, but she wasn't doing it for that, she was just going around the island, she didn't know we were having practice at that exact time, she went for a swim, and then she was going for a ride, because she likes to ride her bike, Uh, But she goes around the island right when we're doing all these drills. And then all of a sudden, I hear a bunch of whistling from the boys. I'm like, it's Havasu. You know, there's a ton of people walking around in bikinis and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, guys, get back to work. You know, shut up. I don't care who it is. What? And I look over, and it's my mother. But it's not just my mother. It's my mother in a bathing suit. It's my mother in a bathing suit on a bicycle. And I'm like, mom, (laughs) you're killing me. Did I mention she was in a bathing suit? She, she's going through, and she's riding this. I mean, it was the, I, I said, oh, forget, it's just my mother. Oh, you guys grow up. I'm, I'm cool, and I tried to act like I'm cool. The, the two seconds later, I'm like, everybody on the ground. We're doing push-ups till that lady is gone out of here. <laughs> Every one of those boys I punished for like the next third. I'm like, how long does it take you to ride a bike out of here? Get your bike going. It's like she started to slow pedal. And she wasn't just wearing like a, a mother's bathing suit, because I think every mother should wear a one-piece in Jesus' name. <laughs> She was wearing, I, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. that that's wrong. I, I, I retract that. We'll end there. How many have ever been embarrassed by, I know what it means to be embarrassed by your mother, okay? And I was a coach. And, and, and whether it's normal to you or it's not, uh, uh, I, I'm just telling you, it was normal for me growing up. My mother was also a teacher when I was in high school at my school. So I love to hear all about my mother from my friends. Uh, all these wonderful little things, they, they create the memories, the moments, the build up, the makeup. And sometimes, you know, when you're young, you can look at somebody else's family and think they're just like your family. Or you can look at other people's family and say, uh, why is my the, <laughs> the only family that's dysfunctional? Why is every other family great? Have you ever thought those thoughts like, our family's jacked up and why is their family so good <laughs> outside looking in, right? Because your norm was different. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Write this title down, Beyond the Norm. What, was, what is normal for you? What's normal? Uh, because I want to talk to you about beyond the norm. Because when you look at this passage, yeah, it's not a Mother's Day passage necessarily unless you look a little deeper. Uh, but when you hear this, you see how there was a cloud that covered the children of Israel while they were wandering through the desert. Now, that sounds normal unless you understand and can picture it. You want me to paint a picture for you? Here we go. So you have uh, uh, roughly three-plus million people that, that, that are around this. And, and during the day, not just because it's 6 o'clock, but because God said so, he said, during the day, I will cover you. I will put a covering of a cloud over you, and, and I will protect you because this is the desert. They step out of that, out of that cloud, they're crispy. 
Are, you ever been to, you ever gone to Glamis in the middle of the summer? How about Death Valley? <laughs> this is, I'm talking about hot stuff. And you go out there and, and this cloud, this wasn't normal. This cloud protected them. We're talking about 3 million people that the cloud perfectly covered and took care of. And then you had a fire, and this fire was incredible because the fire led them, protected them, and kept them warm at night because in the same desert, it got to the freezing temperatures, and you could die in this. But what, how many have ever been to a bonfire since nobody went to Glamis? Anybody ever been to a bonfire? You go to, you go to a bonfire, and guess what? The bigger the bonfire, you step back. It gets hot, right? It's always those famous words. Watch this, guys. Right, gonna, it's the guy who steps close to the gasoline and says he's going to light it. He's like, hold my beer. Those are always dangerous words because you, you, you're like, oh, I'm a professional, right? Another dangerous phrase. Don't worry about this. I've got it, right? All those phrases, those are dangerous words, and they go to light this. But the bigger the bonfire, the further back you got to go. Well, the children of Israel were supposed to be encamped around it and could not pull back from it. So the, this fire was unconventional because it wasn't like man's fire. It would have caused more damage if it was like man's fire. That's why he says it was the appearance of fire. Do you remember highlighting that? The appearance of fire. And so even in the appearance of fire, it looked like fire and it felt like fire. Why? Because it warmed everybody. It glowed at night. But the difference was the same fire that warmed you is the same fire at, the, at a total different distance at the back of the camp warmed them just the same. Amen. Somebody say beyond normal. Beyond. It, was, it was not normal. It wasn't normal for a cloud to do that. It wasn't normal for a cloud to move and hover with them. It wasn't normal for a fire to guide them. It wasn't normal for everything to be warm. They were experiencing something that was beyond the normal. And, and I want to start this message and begin to unpack this today because we're heading into Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday on the 23rd should be celebrated just like Easter. Now I'm going to say it again because only six people said amen. I said Pentecost Sunday should be celebrated just like Easter because if all you have is the cross and no outpouring, then what did Jesus die for? Jesus died to conquer death, hell, and the grave so that the Old Testament might be fulfilled and poured out. An old uh, uh, theological Bible school question, trick question, is where does the New Testament begin? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Or the book of Acts? It's the book of Acts. Why is it the book of Acts? Because the Bible says you cannot receive the testament as long as the testator liveth. So when the testator dies, now the testament can be enacted. What is the New Testament? It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God in your life. It's God pouring a whole new covenant with you. It's God getting in relationship with you. It's the grace of Jesus Christ. Come on. It's the grace of Jesus Christ being poured out in the Holy Spirit covering the earth. We don't know what it's like to live in an earth without the Holy Spirit. We don't know what that's like. The Holy Spirit was poured out so that we could receive, so we could receive the Holy Spirit. He said, wait and receive, wait in Jerusalem and receive what I have for you, power from God. And this is why we need to get, we, we need to celebrate Pentecost Sunday and let a Holy Spirit move of God happen. And just have, why? Because we want to go beyond the normal. Normal is what we live in, but God doesn't live in our normal. He lives in the supernatural. So whatever may be natural to you is not natural for him. Oh, can I preach about the nat? I gave you a new word. So not just normal, but natural. What's natural to you? Let's talk about that. What comes naturally to you? We're about to have a baby, and that is wonderful. We're going to have a baby girl, but one thing I've learned from her and, and, and from all my friends who have kids, my nieces and nephews, 
is you do not have to teach a kid to not share. <laughs> now, some kids might naturally share. Some kids won't. If there's a few things I've learned, it's number one, all kids are wonderful and different and special in their own unique way. And from every mother, I know that every kid is an angel. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And they can do anything and everything that their mother says they can. And, and, but the other thing I know is you don't have to teach a kid, some kids, to lie. Some kids, it, it, it's like they came, and you didn't train them. You didn't teach them that. You didn't teach them to steal. You didn't teach them to not share. You didn't teach It came natural to them. I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking this because I'm about to show you the revelation of how we're going to change the world. What I, the truth that I'm about to share with you is how we can literally change the conversation from one argument that keeps going in one direction and with no result and no solution. I'm about to give you the solution right now. So when you understand that nat that's natural, that's normal for kids. It's normal for kids to throw a temper tantrum. It's normal for kids to scream and cry a little bit. It's normal for kids. I'm, I'm talking about kids, but did you know I'm really talking about you? Uh, it, it's normal. It's natural for kids to be like that. Why? Because we were born into uh, We were born into it's natural for me to be like this. So when somebody tries to tell the church, oh, I was born like this. Okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, no, no, I, I, have, I had a tendency when I was 8, when I was 9, when I was 12, when I was 10. I believe you 100%. I know you were born. What, stop trying to, what we do is we have a bunch of holy, self-righteous Christians saying, no, that's wrong. No, you didn't. No, you didn't feel that. No, no, that's not. Oh, I've never felt like that before. No, you haven't sinned that way, but you've sinned plenty in your own life. And now we've got this conversation where we only want to correct people than help change, uh, than change people. But I think we're in the changing business, not the correcting business. Somebody give God a little bit of praise right there. Because we need to start seeing what is natural for me is, doesn't mean it's right. It's natural for me to be loud. It's natural for me to be angry. It's normal for me to be like this. It's normal for me to be egotistical. It's normal and natural for me to be violent. It's normal. What we saw in 2020 is a bunch of normal. What people are calling crazy and abnormal, I saw a lot of normal people acting the way they've always acted when they were 10 and when they were young and they were 5 and 4 and 3 and 2. I know it because that's how we were born. But we all want to look at somebody else and their sin and say, that's worse than my sin. But all sin is equal. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're talking about or what extreme you came to your mind when I said all those things. And I'm not using, trying to use trigger words to get you triggered in here. What I'm trying to use is words that will transform you in here. So we need to stop being triggered and start being transformed. And it's by the words that we speak. And if the words that we carry and the words that we speak can be more words of transformation and change instead of correction and triggering, then we will change the world today. But we have to stop getting on these little tangents of thinking like it's not natural. Yes, it's natural. It's natural for some people to just want to have sex with everything that walks. It's natural to have like all these weird, perversion has no boundaries, guys. <laughs> no, perversion has no boundaries. And you're like, but it's just this area. I've got sin in a little box. And I only unpack it on my little, the where I want. No, 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 no. It infects every area of your life. The lie is you believed it first. And you'll self-deceive yourself before you deceive anyone else. And when you have self-deception in you, you'll believe anything. You'll believe that that sin that you have in your life doesn't affect every other area of your life. I got real quiet. 
Lord, I told you this is too much today. You need to help change this message. I, I feel like that the, we need to start unpacking who we really are. Remember, when you revise your history and try to act like you're the good guy all the time, can we look back and realize I probably embarrassed my mother plenty of times? I had hospital bills out the huasu or whatever you want to call it. I had all kinds of things that put my mom and my dad through all kinds of pain. I was not a perfect child. I was imperfect. I had issues. I had temper tantrums. I was not a good. I had my own problems. Problems, and I don't need to revise my history making me the good guy in my story. I need to realize my natural tendency is I'm probably not as good as I think and not as bad as I feel. I'm somewhere in the middle. It's natural. So we got to talk about this, the, the natural tendency and the normalities of, of what we see in society and people today and say, it's okay. Yeah, that's normal. But that's why you need to see this scripture at the beginning it's so important to see God in the beginning, that the Spirit hovered over the waters of the deep, that the Spirit was there in the beginning, that the Spirit was there with Moses, the Spirit was there with David, the Spirit was there in the fire, the Spirit was there in the cloud, the Spirit was there. Because if you understand He was there, then you'll know He's here. And if you know He's here, then you'll understand that He's also going to be there for you. But if you don't... If you only see the Holy Spirit as a someone who showed up in the New Testament because of what Jesus did, then you've missed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, that's why the Bible says in Genesis, it says, and we will create man in our image. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit didn't just appear on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit has been here. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will be with you your whole life. And he was showing us in the cloud, and the cloud would speak to him. The cloud would mostly speak to Moses, but the cloud would cover him and protect them. Remember, it covered three million people. Write this. Write the cloud down. And then write next to it in your notes, my covering. What is your covering? I'm going to tell you right now. It's your church. I'm going to say it again. It's your church. The reason we got a lot of crispy Christians out there is because we got a lot of people running away from covering. I'm not preaching against uh, uh, people who have great, wonderful life groups and small groups and home groups. But that if, if all you have is that and you just go to church every once in a while, then you only have a small group of people who agree like you, talk like you, and look like you. And it's easy to be around you when all you got is you around you. But when you get around people who are not like you, that's when you got into a greater dimension of faith, of agreement, of unity. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. We have to get into a better place and a healthier place and, and get out of whatever our normalcy used to be, may have been in the past. And we need to start seeing church as a covering. No, not as a place where we control, as a covering. I'm going to say it again. Not as a place where churches try to control you, but a church that covers you. And when uh, all the enemies are looking from different mountaintops of what they're going to do to you, God says, you can't touch them because my covering's over them. You can't touch them because they're stronger together. They're better together. They're healthier together. Oh, you can you might be able to hurt one of them, but you can't hurt thousands. Why is it so important that we're trying to expand the kingdom? Because we're an unstoppable force when we're together. We become a force to be reckoned with. The devil trembles and shakes and says, oh, but it's not normal for Flagstaff to have a big building like that for churches. The church shouldn't be in there. Let's put another R. A church should be the biggest building on the block in every place, in every city. When the church first started expanding, it wasn't in homes. It, when it really started to grow outside of homes because it was too big and they just start, started building Ephesus to it, it would be the highest point in the biggest building in every town and city and state and nation in the world. But now we've gotten to a place where we're like, well, that's mainly 
that's too big. That, that Walgreens building, I mean, let's put something else in there. Let's put something else in camp. Let's put some more RVs over there, a good boat shop. You know what we need is some more shopping stores. You know, I, on Mother's Day, what else do we need? We need some H&M. We need, some, we, need a, we need another Target on the other side of town. We need more stores. No, no, no. We need a church. We need a body of Christ. We need the, oh, the water levels to rise and the kingdom to change. Why? Because the covering changes. And everybody will look at Flagstaff and say, why is Flagstaff doing well when the economy's not? Why is Flagstaff covered and doing so prosperous when everyone else is struggling? It's because there's a covering. There's an expansion. And there's a covering that you need to be a part of. That you need to stay included in. And say, God, I'm going to stay in my covering. I'm going to stay in under the cloud. Because the cloud, the cloud is where it's at. And then the fire. So now write the fire down. The fire is the warmth. The fire is the provision at night. The fire is the light in the darkness. The fire is the guiding beacon for each and every one of us. It is the Holy Spirit working in each and every one of our lives. Uh, You know, it was yesterday. I'm getting my days mixed up. Yesterday I went to the grocery store, and, and I was just getting a few things. And you ever get in in that? Anybody get in competitive mode? You look and see like which line's fastest and you're like, it's not like you're looking at like what line, just jump in a line, doesn't matter a line. I look at it like a a competition. I'm just going to tell you, I look at it like that clerk looks slow. That line looks long. There's no way. She's got a full basket. They got two. They got three. I got this one. And, and you like, you make a, you're like going after it, right? And I, when I get to the grocery store, that's what I do. So I'm like, I only got a few items. So I literally, I'm like hustling. I see a couple other people come to this empty line, man. I just whoop, I slip right in. I'm like, oh yeah. And I got into what I didn't notice is I cut off a grandmother, like by herself. I'm like, it's Mother's Day. I literally said out loud, I said, it's Mother's Day weekend. I cut off a grandmother. I was like, that's it. I'm a horrible, terrible person. I was getting out of line. She let me stay in line. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know what? I feel terrible. I just felt awful. I was literally checking out. I'm like, what a jerk. I was like, hopefully no one recognizes me. I'm not, <laughs> you know. And then I'm sitting there. I'm checking out. And then I was like, the Holy Spirit said, I, I, I was like, man, I just want to bless her and tell her how good she is. or something. I want to say something nice. And then the Holy Spirit said, no, you show her. And I opened my wallet, and I'm about to pay for my groceries. And she had a, I had three things, remember? She had a full cart. And the Lord said, pay for her groceries. And I was like, but God, if I have to wait, and I opened my wallet, I never carry cash. That's my wife. I never carry cash. I happen to have cash with me. He said, just give her all the cash you got. I'm like, that's like $200. And I'm. This, mind you, I'm trying to check out. <laughs> so I'm like paying for my groceries. I'm arguing with God. And I'm arguing with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, that's just, I didn't, I wasn't that bad. I cut her off. She'll be fine. And I'm like going through this, like, this whole thing. I bet her kids love her and they're sending her flowers. I don't know. And so I'm all this. That's probably why she's got all these groceries. I bet all the kids are coming. I'm like, all this is happening like that. And then I just said, okay, Lord. And I obeyed. And I just, I, I, and it's not a brag about land and being generous. Trust me, y'all heard the argument. I was arguing. And I gave, I gave, and I said, Lord, I'm a blesser. And the cashier was blown away and started crying. And I said, don't tell her, just wait, and I'll leave. And, and, then, and then bless her. 
And, and I, I just felt that. Look, look, I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit, whether you made a wrong turn, cut somebody off, or you made a good decision in life, or you've been doing well or not doing well, or you've been competitive or lackadaisical, wherever you've been at your turns and twists in life, let me just tell you, be sensitive to the fire. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's just as close to you as he is to me. And all of us like to think, oh, it's just the, it's just the pastor, the, the pulpit, that guy. He can hear from God. No, no, no. The, the fire was just as warm to the front row as it was the back row. Amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't fill children with a little miniature Holy Spirit. He fills the When he fills kids, he fills them with the same power you have. And, and we need to raise up kids to learn how to pray and declare and command the word of God to come to life. I had kids in our little ch children's service. One kid turned to another kid, prayed for another kid for their stomach. And he was like, oh, because they were like, oh, I have a stomach ache. And I was like, oh, you have a stomach ache? He goes, oh, laid hands on. This is like, we're talking about five, five years old. Laid hands on the other kid. In Jesus' name, heal his stomach right now, Lord. Prays for him. And then he takes his hand and he goes, hey, just like a preacher, this little kid's like a preacher. He goes, Are you, you feel better? <laughs> And because he's expecting. We don't need to raise children up to your boring level of faith that doesn't believe that God won't do anything. That says, oh, what maybe church, maybe that covering, that church covering, church used to be quiet and dead. And maybe that's why it never grew like it should. Maybe that was normal. Maybe normal for you was never seeing a miracle sign and a wonder in church, and you thought that that was probably not good because it didn't happen around you. Just because it's normal for you doesn't mean it's impossible for God. And God says, I can change the very nature. I can make a cloud covered by day and a fire by night. I will change the order. I will change the nature. I will change what is natural. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody right now where you used to feel like this is normal. This is just how life will be. This is just how life is going to end. This is just how life will continue. God is saying, I'm about to change the normal. I'm about to change your nature. I'm a, you were always like that. People have told you for years, you've always been like that. You'll always be like that. Church has always been like this. It'll always stay like this. And God is saying, I came to change the normal. I came to change the natural and make it supernatural. I am not the God who did a little miracle signs and wonders here and forgot about you over there. I am the same God here as I am there. I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, come on. Give God a, a better praise. Give God a better praise if you believe it. Hallelujah. Yeah, stand, stand. Let's all stand. We're going to change the normal. We're going to go beyond normal. We're going to go beyond our natural tendencies. Maybe your natural tendency is to be a pessimist. Maybe it's to be jealous. Maybe it's to be envious or covetous. Maybe it's to be always bitter and butthurt. Maybe it's always, uh, you, it's, uh, with you, it's always another issue. Because if it's not this thing, it'll be another thing. And every time you feel like the enemy's attacking you, it's really your decisions that are leading you. And God is saying, hey, time to change your normal. Time to change your normal. Time to change your normal. Time to change it. And I want to super, he caused a cloud and a fire and, and he changed it. And then Jesus shows up and he does the same kind of things. And he walks out and he says, oh, I know it's not normal for me to heal on the Sabbath, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know we're not supposed to touch the leper, but I'm going to cleanse the leper. I know I, it's not natural for me to silence a storm, but I'm going to silence a storm. I know it's not normal to call somebody out of a grave, but Lazarus, come forth. I believe we serve a God who's not normal. 
I believe we serve a God who's supernatural. I believe we serve a God who goes beyond our normal and says, I want to supersede it. Because if God is just the God of your norm, he's not your God. You have an idol. My God is a God who goes beyond my normal, goes beyond my natural. He ch- I, I naturally want to be like this, but God supernaturally, by his everlasting sufficient grace, has turned me and repented me and saved me and washed me and cleansed me. He made me whole. He gave me a new mind and a new heart. Oh, I thank God. The next time you encounter somebody who says, but this is normal, this is natural. Yeah, yes it is, but I want to show you something that's supernatural. Stop trying to correct people and let's challenge people to a a greater dimension of thinking, a greater dimension of believing, a new level of glory and victory where God can do something impossible. I can't wait to, this is just the beginning, the introduction. I want to unpack this and tell you about the tents and how how sometimes that he had them keep moving for years or days or or weeks or months. And he kept them moving. And some of us, we put down stakes and let grass grow and built a building where he told you to build a tent. And he said, "I, I wanted you to be flexible and mobile, but you got stiff and stayed. I need you to move with me. Maybe you've left a denomination. Maybe God's trying to bring you out of a denomination of something that was more rigid than what really you should be into. Maybe it was an old doctrine, an old belief, an old faith. Maybe it was old shame and sin. Whatever those things are that hold you back and all of a sudden you were on a place that you should have only been for a little while, you, all of a sudden you started growing grass around you. God says, hey, I got a word for you. And I want you to move with me. At the command of the Lord, they moved. At the command of the Lord. Holy Spirit, right now, command us. No, we don't need to preach a a doctrine of Christianity that says, oh, oh, it's just a passive-aggressive request from God. No, it is a command from the Lord, follow me. Come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Come follow me, and I'll make you disciples. Come follow me, and I'll change your world. Come follow me, and miracle signs and wonders will follow you. Come follow me, and mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. It was a command to praise. It was a command to worship. It was a command to follow God. And Lord, I thank you for the commanding word in our life. I don't have to be tossed to and fro anymore by whims of of crazy doctrine and belief. I can stand firm then on the readiness of God, the solid word of God. And I can stand sure-footed with the gospel of peace. Why? Because God, you have commanded it so. And I have the commanding word of God in my life that is everlasting. That surpasses everything else. Stronger than everything else sharper than a two-edged sword, pierces bone and marrow, heart and soul, pierces right into the depths of who I am. And Lord, right now, I pray that your word, your commanding word would go inside of us and speak to us right now into our hearts, into our minds, into our spirits, and our soul. Right now, Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you have spoken and what you're going to speak. And I thank you for everybody who's received a good word today. And they're going to leave here full. They're going to leave here excited. They're going to leave here smiling. They're going to leave here changing the old normal, the old natural. And they're going beyond the norm into the supernatural. And I thank you, Lord, that the day of Pentecost is coming. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which by, by which we have the power of God with us 
to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you're empowering us to change the world by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Reveal gifts and fruit to us that we've never noticed. Maybe that we've never grown. And Lord, I thank you. We're going to be more gifted and fruitful than ever before because we're realizing this is the God I never knew. The God who is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit's going to fill you this week and speak to you this week and continue to guide you and lead you this week. And Lord, I thank you for beginning this word and unpacking this word. And as you do it, let us marinate on it, saturate on it, and let it come to life, be tangible and applicable to everything we say and do. Let us see it throughout the week. And then, Lord, I pray that we'd be prepared for more, 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 more. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Awesome. Don't miss out. This week's going to be awesome. Keep praying, keep believing, keep standing in faith, and let's see God do the impossible. Let's see God go beyond the norm. Amen. Let's speak this declaration and be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.